सर हम सोच रहे थे कि हम कर क्या रहे हैं हम एक क्रिकेटर हैं लेकिन टीसी का काम कर रहे हैं खड़गपुर स्टेशन पे और रोज गेट नंबर तीन के सामने खड़े होकर फाइन इकट्ठा करते हैं ना तुम्हारा गेम इम्प्रूव हो रहा है सर ना तुमको आगे का कोई अपॉर्चुनिटी मिल रहा है कब तक और कैसे चलेगा सर WhatsApp everybody welcome to the episode number 14 of the early 20s podcast as always i am shubhankar your host for this episode and with me are joining my co-host prabjot singh sodi from london and gary from uae yo 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 what's up yo 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 <laughs> with us we have shamuli khera uh, our guest for this episode hi shamuli how are you i'm good great to see you guys Thanks thanks for coming on the episode it's been a scheduling nightmare but <laughs> I know but we managed right we made it Yeah So uh, I'll, yeah. I'll just start with a brief introduction of us early 20s what we do and then uh, move on from there So early 20s podcast is basically uh, where we start the conversation on uh, navigating our early 20s in a more meaningful way we invite uh, high performing guests from different uh, sectors of life and uh, try to talk about this stuff and inspire people and yeah uh, shamuli thanks for coming on shamuli is uh, an indian tv host a producer she's worked with utv and z before this she has a content production company called one take media and more recently she started uh, an organization called speak to inspire uh, and very interestingly shamuli Uh, is a MBBS by training and also a cosmetologist. So I really want to dive deeper into your profile. It's super interesting for us. But uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm very glad actually, and I must congratulate three of you for uh, uh, making time for this amazing podcast. I think it's a great idea. The fact that it's called Early Twenties really attracted me to it because uh, I completely am on board with the idea of. Uh, the fact that early 20s are absolutely impactful and uh, they can really uh, make uh, your life into something more substantial if you wake up at the right time because um, uh, thank you for that uh, first of all a massive <laughs> introduction i know i know it must have already confused uh the listeners to what it is but uh, i think a lot of what i do again goes back to having an awakened uh, early 20s about trying and finding your purpose and what you really want to do so um i think it's amazing what you guys are doing i mean people your age might probably just want time to go party or like catch up with friends but i really like the fact that you guys are doing this yeah thank you thank you for that thank you so uh, much yeah and and as you talked about we'll center this episode around uh, finding your purpose and finding your why uh in the in the in your early 20s like the earlier you find that the better it is right so uh i'd start with a quote you'd uh, made in an interview in around 2012 and it goes like uh i got through my mbbs exam but i realized i want to do something creative i always wanted to do something creative uh but i, I al- uh, you always like to get on camera but you couldn't give the degree a miss so uh, y- you were in 2012 could you take us through uh, that period of your life what was your thought process then uh, how were you juggling the mbbs and your uh, creative side uh, and why did you take the decisions you did right so um, i think a lot of what i have done comes uh, from the value set that uh, i have been uh, brought into or the value set that we all generally grew up with uh, 
uh, in general, which could be family, environment, internal, external factors and all of that. So um, uh, for me, one of the biggest value sets was um, uh, having parents who are really proud of their kid and uh, somehow, I, I don't know, uh, uh, intelligence maybe worked against me for a while because uh, it was like, oh, she's intelligent, let's make her a doctor. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe that's how the world works and maybe that's a good idea because I don't know anything better. And uh, at that time, I think, of course, the world has changed quite a bit now, but at that time, really uh, arts or anything besides science was really kind of looked down upon that, oh my God, arts commerce. So I was like, guys, this is not the case, but I don't think I had uh, found my why back then you know I didn't have anything stronger to say that hey I don't want to do MBBS because I found this I didn't have that so maybe uh, I just uh, wanted to go with the flow and uh, I think what I always told myself is you can always get up and change things so at that time being a doctor was like the biggest uh, uh, you know aim and thing of my life because that's what uh, I had grown up listening to that she will grow up and become a doctor and social uh, situations and social occasions were always about that that to doctor again before I could answer my parents would be like to doctor so it just became a thing I was like okay I don't have anything better to say so I think I should just go with it but I think within first year, um, I kind of realized that I'm completely at the wrong place. I mean, I loved, uh, I'm a curious kid that way. So uh, I enjoyed learning, but uh, enjoying something and doing it for life I to are to totally, totally different things. So um, um, I, I knew I'm at the wrong place, but again, dropping out was not one of the things. I, I would just go back and keep thinking of uh, if I'm 40 and if I'm talking to my kids, I don't want to be like, oh, after first year, I dropped out and, you know, because I wanted to pursue this. And I was like, I should have a life that is worth talking about proudly when I am 50 or 45 and, you know, have reasons to my decisions. So I said, you know what, let me get through this because I can, but I will choose not to practice because I can. So... I continued it because I could. I had the ability to do it. So I didn't want it to be a question on my ability if I drop out that, oh, maybe she found it tough and that's why she's not doing it because that was not the case. So I said, I will pass this through and maybe meanwhile, it's a good time to make my plan B, which I want to do. So because again, again, in first aid, it was not like I had this burning passion for something specific. It was like I was sure I want to do something else, but I had not found it yet. So I think one of the things I really want to tell people in early 20s is that it's OK to not know soon. It's okay to like kind of, you know, uh, continue. My, my only thing is just don't stop and uh, sit at home and watch movies. Like go out and do something. It might be wrong, but do it. Because um, if it doesn't feel right, you'll know. And at least you've ticked that off your list. And then you move on to the next exploration. Mm. Uh, what, what actually I also found pretty interesting was your idea of telling yourself what you might feel about this idea when you're like 40 or 45 that's uh, at least that's not something i've experimented with so that's a really uh i guess a new uh way of like making decisions how does this decision sound to me when i'm 40 or 45 uh yeah that's pretty cool yeah i mean think about it i mean right now you're kind of uh creating or designing your life i mean if you are kind of writing 
your biography right now. So whatever chapter you're in is a part of your autobiography if someone somewhere decides to write for you. And what is it that you're okay to be, you know, written about? Like when you're 50 and someone wrote about you and you're like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of that thing. So I think that really puts things into perspectives and takes the pain away. Sometimes uh, decisions are difficult, but when you look at it retrospectively, you're like, you know what, the pain is manageable. I I, I, I want to set some context over here. So uh, you, you were doing MBBS in Bombay uh, at this point of time, and then you actually uh, studied cosmetology, uh, and and then you later on switched into television, right? So uh, can you tell me why you took those decisions and uh, how that how how those couple of years looked like? So I think I was just. Um exploring because uh, you know that we have these uh, social standards and social norms that you're really supposed to answer every time so even when you're struggling you're supposed to have an answer like even when you've not made it that's the time when people are really like hey what's up what's happening and you'll have these annoying neighbors who are like Achha, kya kar and all of that and I'm like so I remember I finished medicine and I told my parents, listen, I need a year or two to, you know, experiment because, you know, I'm so tired studying five years. I didn't say I'm going to find a new field because they would have been like, she's lost it. Uh, I was like, I need a break for one year. Just break, you know, then I'll get back and everything. And I just... <laughs> fled, enrolled into as many classes I could. I enrolled into Barry John Acting School because I knew it has something to do with stage. I was just not sure what. So, uh, because there was at that time, there was nothing like a hosting class or anchoring class. And even I didn't know so specifically that that's what I wanted to do. So I enrolled into the acting class, um, did all of that, uh, did a bit of theater. So at the end of one year, my dad really sat me down. He's like, beta, kya ho you know? And I was like, dad, I'm doing theater and it's amazing. And I performed in Prithvi, by the way. My first play was in Prithvi followed by NCPA. So for someone like me, that was a big high because um, it, it was a proof that, you know, it doesn't matter that I didn't uh, do a journalism or an arts degree. I managed to be where I wanted to be uh, despite of uh, having a medical background or all of that. And I, it was a big high being on that stage. And I just knew this is the, this is what I want to do, like stage, maybe not theater, but stage is what I want. But uh, at the end of two years, um, my dad is like, all this is fine, but uh, does theater pay you? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Of course, when you compare it to how much a doctor would make in a couple of years. Uh, so I was like, you know what, you, you do have a point. Because I swear I didn't have an answer then. I, you know, I knew I, wanted, I had to make a strong plan B. So I said, okay, you know what, I will continue this um, uh, struggle or this finding my route. I'll also do a cosmetology degree on the side and start sitting at a clinic. And they were quite okay with it. They didn't, as long as I managed my time in a way that they didn't realize where I'm using my free time, it was okay. So it's literally like I'm consulting um, patients and clients uh, in the daytime about their acne and laser. And in the evenings, I'm like heading for my theater rehearsals and all of that. So that time was crazy. But I knew I'm, I'm trying to find my footing and I had to, uh, you know, keep my ecology of my family uh, satisfied. So that, that juggling period was a bit difficult. And that's where I had a breakthrough. So in the third year, I got a call from uh, UTV because they were starting a new Bollywood channel called UTV Stars. And they were looking for people who can host and write their own scripts and produce 
and it just sounded perfect because at that point I also uh, hated the kind of shows that were being made, the kind of lines that hosts were supposed to talk. So I said, this is perfect. I can decide what I say and I'm on TV and it's perfect. So I went through, I got the job. For two months, my dad didn't know I'm working in UTV. My mom knew. My mom has, was always supportive. So she'd cover up for me and be like, how are the clinic guy? And I'm like at UTV making shows and dressing up and taking auditions and all of that. So I think finally, I, I still remember the date, 19th August 2011 was when uh, the show got, uh, UTV Stars got launched. And it had two of the primetime shows as with me as the host. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. If my dad hears about this from someone else, I'm like, this is not cool. So I sat him down like three days before and I'm like, Acha, by the way, I'm, you know, also at UTV and by the way, we'll see a show on TV. Nothing big, like, you know, I'm just like underplaying it, like, oh, it's just on the side and all of that. And uh, finally, uh, I remember I was really scared. We were in front of the TV, put the TV on and eight o'clock, my show's on air. And he, my mom and dad are sitting next to me. I'm really playing it cool. And my dad saw like the first segment I'm hosting and I'm with my co-host uh, Imam Siddiqui who was quite a well-known uh, person at that time. So I'm like totally doing it, did the first segment until break they didn't, no one spoke a word. Then when break time came and my dad is like, when did you learn all this? You're pretty good. And I was like, oh my God, like I don't need anything else right now. So he was pretty okay with it. I, I think just as a parent, they tried to... Uh, you know, guide you and they're scared of what you may fall into. But uh, when he saw that I am uh, using my liberty in a, a right manner, I think he was okay. And post that, my introductions were like, uh, so earlier in those three, four years, my introduction in social uh, occasions uh, by my dad would be, huh, this is Dr. Shamali Khera and, you know, uh, that. After that, I was like, she's Dr. Shamli Kiran, she has a show on UTV. And I was like, God, I don't read anything else. He's accepted it. So it, it was perfect. So uh, was cosmetology like a specific area that you also had some other attachment to? I mean, uh, as I understand, you wanted to do something at that point to sort of satisfy a bit of the social requirements and also sort of making sure your parents were happy with uh, where your life was going. And and I respect that. I mean, that, that's a... Uh, that's something definitely that even I try and do. But I mean, why why specifically cosmetology? I honestly wanted to pursue psychiatry, but uh, I was in, in, immediately turned down by both my parents because they were like, you'll lose it. Like you'll go crazy meeting crazy people. And I said, that's not how it works. But again, the problem was I didn't have any uh, doctor or medical person in the family on both sides. We didn't have a medical circle. So there was no one to be like, listen, it's it's a great field. That's not the case. You know, it was more about what's more uh, financial secure and uh, what will work. So uh, I think the second best choice that came in was dermatology and cosmetology because it did somewhere... Uh, 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 match with my values of being aesthetic or you know having certain um, um, uh, aesthetic inclinations so it and plus I knew that I am making a career in the showbiz and TV and at some point if I do decide to quit TV and if it doesn't work this just makes perfect sense like it goes well so at that time there was obviously a lot of rationale as well which uh, uh, at 
at some point I do want to tell the early 20s crowd that should co come in because there's a lot of talk of this whole passion and all of that but I feel it should really marry rational and logic as well if you guys if because the passion honestly does die after, after a few years or after those initial um, uh, you know after you've hey I've got it and you've got those Eureka moments but the rational really keeps it alive for for years. Um. <clears throat> Were you a part of any acting groups or theatre groups in college, like during your MBBS? So it, during MBBS, I was very, uh, my favourite time of the year was when we had the annual fest. I was like the be all and end all of the committee going out, getting your sponsorships and I'm like the head and the magazine, I was the editor of the um, uh, annual magazine. Like those are the kind of, that, that was literally the time of the year I was most alive and happy about and people knew that oh if it's the, um, it was called Akarshan I still remember and if it was about Akarshan, Shamuli has to be there and I was like uh, part of the fashion show and winning like the best model and after fourth year I was like what am I being so happy about winning best model in medical college like I should literally raise the stakes so by fifth year I knew like I've got to raise the stakes and go on a bigger stage I can't just boost my morale by winning like in a crowd of you know uh, a couple of hundreds and um, the, so that was really the time where I would go all out and I think that also helped me hone my skill and understand that this is what I naturally enjoy when no one has to really tell me what to do but I really dive in and I want to know how I can make this event better or what will look good on stage and get the right choreographers and direct the show. So uh, it was a great opportunity for me to understand that this is one of uh, my skill sets and natural interests. So what I want to ask here is at, at this point of time uh, when you just got into UTV and uh, you were uh, doing two jobs uh, essentially, uh, was this the time period when you started to figure out what your purpose was and what you want to do for the next 10, 15, 20 years or is it something that keeps changing for you even now? Uh, how do you look at that uh, finding your purpose thing? So that's the thing, even when I was in my early 20s, the idea of doing something for life used to petrify me. Like I think I can commit to a partner better than I can commit to a career for life. <laughs> because I, I like that kind of stability in say a relationship and family life. Like that way, uh, I was pretty sure that, you know, I want a committed partner and I, I can't have like frivolousness on that side. I, I was pretty sure about that. But in terms of career, I was like, I can't be just a doctor for like 40 years and die. I can't be a presenter for 40 years and die. Like that's what used to keep coming to my head. And I'm like, there's so many amazing things to do. I want to write. I want to interview. And I want to do all of that. And I think that's one of the things why media attracted me. Because I realized I have this massive need of uh, expression. It could be in any form. It could be writing, talking. Um, interviewing, uh, uh, I mean I'm doing a lot of interview articles where I'm the writer and I'm interviewing like 10 other people so it doesn't matter that I have to be in the spotlight but it's just that they have to be stimulating thoughts in uh, the entire process for me and the person who's uh, interacting with it. So uh, that's the reason why you'll also see that the minute I think I've topped uh, uh, something I will immediately go and find another challenge for me. So if I did presenting and I talked presenting and I was like, hey, now I know how to do this. But it's, so it's not fun anymore because I've learned anything, everything I had to. So uh, um, the next best thing was producing because then, you know, you're making the show, you're um, uh, directing the entire um, 
um, uh, the entire play, you're directing how it's done. Um, so producing came uh, very naturally next because it was a, like a bigger step. There are a lot of things now. I still have to write my book, which is like on the thing. I still want to be uh, a published writer because I'm not finding time. I still have a draft which is there. Um, Speak to Inspire came in as one of the things because now I've been presenting since seven, eight years now and that again seemed like a natural extension because I met people who were struggling with things like stage fear, which for me, honestly, I, I, I didn't realize there was a thing until someone approached me uh, early last year and said, hey, you know, uh, how are you never nervous when you're like, say, interviewing Amitabh Bachchan or you're on stage? And I said, uh, I don't know. And, and that, that really... Uh, asked me to like take a step back and uh, uh, devise and understand my own strategy of how I'm doing things. It's not like I was born f uh, fearless for stage. I'm sure I had my own uh, butterflies in my stomach when I had to go. I couldn't eat, in fact, before a performance because I was like, I'll throw up or something. So how did I um, uh, devise or monitor all these strategies? How did I top that? So that's when I like deep dived into my uh, own mind and came out with Speak to Inspire where I said um, I do want to help people who struggle with uh, something and uh, something like that and make them great speakers and great presenters because that it's just it's a step further because also what I realized with TV is I'm talking to camera and I don't know what the other person's thinking right which is great when you're nervous because even if it's a bad show someone can't tell you that but uh, it, it feels dead end because I'm not getting a second interaction. With uh, coaching, I immediately can see the other person transforming. I can hear him ask me questions and uh, I can see the transformation. So that kind of satisfaction is uh, just, uh, just amazing and complete. That's nice that you uh, touched upon the Speak to Inspire uh, movement. Uh, how do you see that growing uh, in the near short term or the later short uh, long term uh, future like uh, is there a vision that you have or is it still dynamic how do you see that progress? I love how you use the word dynamic I think I even saw it uh, in the mail and I think that's uh, that's something I want to point out again to the early 20s audience that it's okay to have your uh, vision or your dreams as dynamic because we are under so much pressure to be born with or to immediately know what we want to do and um, uh, sorry I'm just going to uh, uh, digress a bit from the question you asked because this is one of the things I wanted to bring up. Um, I remember even when I was growing up and when I was charting my uh, you know uh, career map and figuring what should be my next step I used to be very intimidated by girls and boys who like just knew what they have to do. You know, there are these people who are like since eight years playing tennis and they're super annoying because I used to be like, how do you know? Like you're just eight years and someone told you and you did it and coincidentally it happened to be the thing that you also like, but it doesn't work out like that for everyone. So there were people in college uh, who were so clear that I'm going to be an accountant and oh, I want to be a, uh, a t engineer of a specific type. Now, I don't remember the name, but there's like electrical with like five other specific. I'm like, how do you know? So it was absolutely intimidating to, you know, be around those people. But I think what I want to tell everyone is that it's okay to... Uh, not know soon. It's okay to even not know in your late 20s, honestly, or it's okay to even have that moment when you're 30 because honestly, the minute you do realize, all those years of experience just come in. 
as long as you're not sitting in your room and watching TV all those years, I can promise that anything else that you did will certainly help in the field that you choose to go into. Nothing of that. For, for me, I look at it as being in medicine helped me interact with uh, multiple classes of people, of uh, building some empathy in myself with people who uh, are deceased or not well, because that's something no, you just don't get to you know, do in, in any other field. And uh, I learned to um, really listen to subtexts uh, when, say, uh, talking to a patient and trying to figure uh, why they are not feeling well. So you carry those experiences. They are still a part of me. So uh, you always carry it forward. You know, none of it goes waste ever. And sorry, to answer your question about the Speak to Inspire movement being dynamic or not, I think it's still a baby, so I'll, I will give it a couple of months. What I do know for sure is it's going to change a lot of lives. Like I want to personally change a lot of lives uh, uh, with, in, with people and help them in discovering their voice, uh, help them in being outspoken because that's something I was also not I was uh, 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 I was an introverted kid, just like any nerd would be, and uh, speaking out really came to. It, it was honestly, it was being at the end of two different spectrums because as a nerd, you are like really in your shell and all of that. And then I want to be on media, and I used to hate myself for having these dynamically opposite desires. And you know, I'm like, why can't I be a normal person and just do what I'm supposed to do? You know, sometimes it, it's it's tiring to like fight with yourself and fight with these uh, other factors. But uh, you have to wake up the next day and do what you have to do. And that's the only way you can really be happy. So I have crossed that spectrum. So I immediately know that it's possible because I've done it. So I want to help as many people as I can and do two things into finding their voice and into finding their purpose because I've done it and it's amazing. I think I uh, so recently I was listening to this Tim Ferriss podcast uh, with Neville Ravikant who's the, the CEO of uh, Angelist and they essentially spoke of something very similar sort of like uh, basically you're talking about how humans have been uh, genetically uh, yeah, genetically really made for exploration and not for specialization. And like for uh, since like the industrial revolution, we've been pushed into uh, this social conform that we have to specialize and understand and do this as like this is your job and you do it for the rest of your life. But really, if you just look back 10,000 years back, uh, when those human beings were genetically very similar to us, all they did was explore. So quick question. Uh you seem to be doing a lot of things like in a, in, in a day. How do you manage your time? Right. So uh, I think uh, just to make a quick comment on what you uh, said earlier about, uh, you know, humans having the need to wanting to explore, which I think is just the right way to do it. Uh, I do understand that we have to manage a lot of other things. So, uh, like I said, uh, managing your ecology, which means your family, your finance, um, your uh, personal goals and relationships, we should always sort of have a rationale for all of that as well. So, passion is great, but you've got to have a logical way to do things as well. So, explore with the passion logic as your left and right side of the coins. And uh, so uh, time, I'm, I'm a very diary person. I mean, I've uh, uh, made myself a very diary organized person. So, you know, you always grow up with these 
um, um, stereotypes that a creative person will wake up at 10 and you know be awake in the night and the inspiration comes at 2 a.m. and that's when you should write and oh I can go out for a drink and then my inspiration will walk around. so all that is nonsense even creative people need to need creative people really need to be organized in fact I feel they need to be more organized because you just don't know when your um, uh, best thoughts will pop in or when your, mo your most unique solutions may pop in when you're just uh, walking and it's it's a proven fact so when you're not actually thinking of the solution or when your mind is actually busy um, uh, somewhere else you know you come up with something that actually works so one of the things that I do is um, use the notes in my phone if I ever remember something that I have to do I quickly write that down and uh, I go back and then jot it down in my diary and put it on the next day so my weekends are about just making sure what's there on Sunday Monday Tuesday for example this call got striked at least thrice before it finally got scheduled and it's just making sure that timelines match but uh, I think organizing in a written format is really the key because we as humans are not uh, um, uh, first of all designed or meant to handle so many things we were really simple beings our lives were very very simple with uh, urbanization and all of this we have become greedy we want more we want to do more and you can't rely on just your neurons and your brains to kind of you know remember things for you all the time because I guarantee you will forget something and um, I've realized that some of the, uh, the least uh, uh, seemingly least important things have actually turned out to give me something more substantial so if I've met someone and you know I'm not uh, sure how that interaction is going to go but a follow-up call or receiving their call or timing of fa the fact that hey, maybe I should you know talk to him in two weeks time has actually actually resulted in an alliance together so um, I just write it down and I love the way how my diary looks now because earlier I think my, my biggest fear was that my diary would be about appointments like skin and laser and hair removal and all of that and I would really die but uh, now I like how it looks so if I have say I have, I have a coaching client then maybe I have a seminar and maybe I have take us out some uh, take aside some time for um, writing the book that I'm writing or uh, um, uh, you know just, just something else so uh, writing diary organizing is the key I would say so essentially what I was wondering of wondering on was that you mentioned that you've like sort of dove into a lot of different fields which are definitely uh, do not seem to have like a like a like an apparent relation in mind so each time each time you sort of say like you decided to okay that I want to become a published author uh, what were your first few months in that journey did you do anything special to uh, did like do you have any particular uh, ideas or concepts that you follow to sort of get up to speed quickly uh, is there anything that like other, others could learn from and so I think uh, uh, one of the things that so I could give you an example of um, uh, when I came to UAE there was this amazing magazine a weekend uh, magazine called Friday Friday magazine which is actually a part of Gulf News which is one of the biggest circulating magazines in the uh, newspapers and you know groups in the Middle East and I used to absolutely love the kind of uh, very relatable, soulful articles and interviews that Friday does. And I used to think that, oh, I wish, oh, I wish I, you know, I'd someday write an article for this. And this, oh, wish, wish, wish kept going in for a good time because I was busy doing other things. I was hosting shows and, you know, it was just a wish and I never really acted upon it because, hey, I'm busy and I'm happy where I am. 
and um, I think uh, just two years down um, the line there was a time when I was looking for shows I was not getting the kind of shows that I wanted so I, I wanted to wait it out and that's when I was like hey uh, I wanted to I have time why, why don't I try this thing and um, all I had to do was, um, so I wrote an email to the editor of the magazine uh, with an idea in mind. But that time there was this whole uh, fad of social media influencers. I mean, it's still there. I don't want to call it a fad in case someone wants to do it. It's a great line. But there was this, there was this whole budding thing. Like suddenly they burst out in the open. And I was like, hey, they're everywhere. And I was, I was personally very intrigued by how um, uh, they're getting their whole celebrity hood and it's becoming a great line of uh, income. So I wanted to explore on that, but I said, uh, there's no point if I just have the idea to my own. I have to share it and find a platform. So I approached the editor and said, hey, you know what? I have an article idea in mind. I just plain, plain simple, the email that you have in the magazine, just wrote to him, no contact, no strings, nothing, wrote to him. And he actually replied back in a day and he's like, hey, that's a great idea. Come back with a draft of thousand words and then we will see. And I was like, one sec, he replied. Number two, he pretty much replied in like two days time. And number three, I'm like, all I had to do was just pick myself up and write to this person because it was just in my head for two years. So I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned every time is put yourself out there. Number one. Number two, get in touch with people who are already in the field and doing well because they know the business. So don't. So I was always of the um, uh, idea that I will do my own mistakes. I will learn by myself. I will not approach anyone. This was me for the longest time. And I realized I don't have that much time because there's so much to do. So I just started approaching people. I started being. So this is where just pushing myself to express. Again, networking is not my strong area, or at least it wasn't until a few years back because I was very much like, why should I go? And maybe I should wait. Maybe I don't deserve. Maybe someday he will wake up and get. No one wakes up and spots talent, by the way. That never happens. You have to really put yourself out there. So um, I think these. And you will be surprised by how nice people are because they have struggled as well so they understand and they respect if someone approaches them for even a mentorship or even some sort of advice which may uh, not lead to anything but that advice can help you to maybe approach someone else so um, um, I wrote it I wrote a draft sent it to him and I never heard back from him in two weeks and I said I knew it this is too good to be true it's never gonna happen Tara again like you know the whole self-talk happened and that is again one thing that uh, I want to tell people have positive self-talk as much as possible because I've I've taught myself after doing a lot of the other one so uh, so I was like this is stupid and of course I can't be that lucky that he'll write back to me and, and accept my first draft and he wrote back to me after two weeks and he said hey our chief editor loved it can you make it a 1500 2000 article and we'll run it as a cover feature and i just wanted to die there like i was like this is this can't be real and they accepted the article it was a cover feature and i got paid for it so i said this is amazing like things can actually happen if you you just have to make the move and I think one big, big thing I want early 20s to take from here today, if anything, if there's one thing that you guys can take is uh, be okay with rejection and be okay to take it and move forward. Because uh, I've spent and wasted a lot of time uh, drooling and dwindling over rejections and then picking myself up and going. And I'm just like, if I get a note today, I'll be like, hey, it's okay. 
I'll try something else. I'll, you know, go back and uh, uh, see what else can work. And uh, you can just always do that. Just accept it and move on because um, it world doesn't work uh, in a manner that your first uh, steps always work. There's always an experience there and you have to, it's about getting up and doing it again. And those are the people that actually become achievers um, on their way forward. So just be prepared for rejection. And if you get a victory on the way, be happy about it and move on. Yeah, really, that was that was great. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Thanks for sharing that. Great. Glad. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter? Everywhere. <laughs> so I am on, um, I can maybe, maybe we can work out a way, uh, a way where we can share my IDs. I'm on, uh, I'm very active on Instagram, uh, medium active on Facebook, very active on LinkedIn. Because uh, now I just like the idea of connecting to like-minded speakers and coaches and all of that. And I've realized LinkedIn is a great way to do it. LinkedIn is a lot about work. I, it Honestly, I just discovered it a year back that, hey, LinkedIn is fun. That's where people actually listen to the, your ideas. Because Instagram is so much about great photos and aesthetics, uh, which was what my line for so many years has been. So it was only natural to want to be on Instagram. But um, very active on LinkedIn. I am available on Twitter, so I may check it once in a week. So uh, it's again in my diary to tweet more often. But it just, uh, yeah. Sure, we'll link all of that in the in the uh, podcast show notes. We'll also link uh, Speak to Inspire and the One Take Media. Uh, all of that. Thanks, thanks a lot for coming on the show again. Thank you. Uh, this was a really good episode. Uh, yeah, good conversation. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It was um, a pleasure for me as well. I hope I have uh, touched or at least stimulated one person to think differently through this. And uh, maybe I wouldn't mind doing it again in a, in a time zone where things are better and where calls don't get cut. And where we have more, because uh, of course there's so much more that I want to share. But uh, again, I'm, uh, I want to congratulate early 20s. You guys are doing great and please continue doing what you're doing. You never know for one of you, the purpose might be somewhere here. You guys love connecting. You guys love interacting and being stimulated. Uh, Ten years down the line, you will realize that you were doing this for a reason. So all the best and keep doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Good uh, to the audience, be okay with rejections. <laughs> See you next Sunday. See you. Take care. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>